G'day and welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast. My name is Lockie. I'm the host of this experience and it is really great to have you here. Now, I want to start by apologizing and saying, yes, this episode is coming out a little bit late, but we really hope you enjoy what this episode has got to offer as we talk about what the church is meant to be known for. And today we really talk about how you can engage in the mission of the church by inviting, connecting, serving and giving. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation that I have with Chris and hope that it encourages you to take some action and to engage in this mission because I reckon it is pretty cool. But I hope you enjoy this episode as we wrap up the four series. We're on. How good is this? I'm excited. Chris, you look camera ready. You're, you're way too polite. You're way too polite. You, you've just come off. Let's do a comparison. You've just come off preaching on Sunday. Yep. I know you've had a quick outfit change, but I would say you don't think camera ready for less around what you're physically wearing and more about just your attitude towards it. I did put my makeup on. You did. You're asking me. Put a little bit of bronzer on just to bring out the cheekbones and definition. Yeah. Yep. And I've just come from the beach, so I uh, wouldn't say camera ready, but. Isn't, doesn't it like the sun like tan you up a little bit nah, look I don't really tan I <laughs> get a lot of sun you just burn. Going, just burn okay yeah, yeah it's, right it's chronic that's okay M has that same problem yeah it happens to the best of us um, Chris I can't help but see your uh, it's not in the camera it's not something you probably want to be part of your brand you're drinking my brand <laughs> <laughs> you're drinking a soft drink I yeah, well, yes, I was. I was you drinking were. soft it's, it's drink. Done. Soft drink from Subway. And what was the soft Eat drink? fresh. It was a Coke, no sugar. All right, so following from Sunday's conversation, mm. if you didn't hear it, Beyond a Home, Coke or Pepsi? Coke. And a squeeze. You this, changed the squeaky chair from last week. I changed the chair. <laughs> it's, the chair's got squeaky on me. I'm just, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm a massive fidgeter. Yeah. yeah I fidget so much. It's all right. So yeah, I, I'll try and stay as still as possible so yep. it doesn't annoy anyone. That's okay. But yeah, Coke. You're I'm, a Coke man. I'm a Coke man. Yeah. Yep. I did I did go through a phase where I became a little bit more Pepsi okay. orientated. Right. Simply because um, people might not know this, but at the universities and high schools in America, you have deals with Coke or Pepsi. Cause like it's, a, it's like a Hungry Jacks or a KFC, but for the schools. Yeah, because in, in our cafeteria, we used to have like these big kind of vending machines pretty yeah. much. And you just, not vending machines, like, but fountain drink stations. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you'd rock up and it, depending on what you had in your cafeterias, whether you were Coke or Pepsi school. Damn. So we were a Pepsi school, which meant, and then all of our vending machines in the school were Pepsi kind of things. So if you wanted a, um, a cola, um, it had to be Pepsi. Um, but I did get hooked on Mountain Dew. There you go. That's for a while. It's not the part of it conversation that I want to go to but that's, Sorry, that's yeah. just wild that's just actually a little bit wild that schools have deals with um, with soft drink companies no it's just like distributing you know cafeteria stuff you gotta yeah. have a supplier I guess I guess it makes sense it's just it's a little bit crazy just like you know same same with um, sporting like this the athletics teams like yeah, yeah. it's weird over there and this is so sight tangential but you either like your school will have a brand um, that you're kind of signed up to but then the individual teams might have different brands so like our school was a Nike school, but my team, we had Puma and Adidas um, sponsorships when I was there. Damn. So, so beyond church, so you're, we're, we're in Nike church. I would love- the groups we're yeah, running in be, Adidas. No, the groups are not Adidas. So everything is Nike. We're all- Okay, all right. So we're, <laughs> we're all Nike here. <laughs> I give up. But Chris, yes. Coke or Pepsi? 
I'm for those who might have missed juice. Sunday, yeah. why are we talking about Coke? Yeah. I'm a Coke, by the way. You're a Coke, by the way, are you? It's just, just better. It's just, yeah, it Sorry, is, guys. It is it's just, just better. It's a little bit better. It's kind of like Nike is just better than Adidas. Yeah, um, so, yeah, we're looking at this idea because Coke has its mission to have a Coke within arm's reach of every person on the planet. That's their, that's their mission. And we were looking at this idea that... Um, the Coke would never get to a point where they were like, oh, you know what? We've got a lot, there's a lot of Coke in the world. There's a lot of Coca-Cola in the world. Like they would never get to a point where they'd be like, oh, you know what? The world, the world's kind of getting healthier. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't release a no sugar. Maybe we shouldn't look for ways to try and engage people who are trying to, you know, look after themselves, but also want to drink Coca-Cola. It just wouldn't, you wouldn't hear people at Coke. And if someone was to hear that, they'd be like, what? what? Like, you're missing out on so much potential. Um, and so we were looking at this idea that Coke would never let their current success stop them from their potential in the future. Mm. But, but I think sometimes the church um, looks at its, you know, and some people might be uncomfortable with this language, but, you know, take it for what, it, for what I mean, as quote unquote success, um, and say, oh, you know what, like, we we got a couple of groups like we got we, there's a few people at our church like mm. oh, we probably don't really need to reach any more people we probably ah oh, there's probably you know there, yes are there people we're happy as we are yeah mm. um and so we're just looking at this idea that do we want a sugar water company to be more passionate about their mission than us damn mm. do we want a sugar water company to be more passionate about the mission of the church. No, no, no. Mission. About, about their, their mission, mission than to we sell are. sugar water. Yeah, and we, we are, are about mission. getting Jesus, um, the message of hope into this world. Yeah, right. So you mentioned there the message of hope into this world. But what mm. would the message of the church be? So if we were to be as passionate as you know that phrase like Coke in every was it within arms reach? In arms reach. What, what's the church's equivalent statement that's like easy? It's recitable. We all can rally around it. Yeah, well, I think the mission of the church. Um, and we looked at it on the weekend. Jesus, I think, does a great job of articulating it in Luke chapter 19, where Jesus just sort of says, hey, my mission is to seek and save the lost. And, and he defines what the lost are in there. He's like, pretty much people who have said no to me. Jesus is like, I didn't, I didn't come into the world for people who have said yes to me. I came into the world to seek, which is one thing. Seek is like, I want to go out and I want to find and I want to make myself uncomfortable and I want to do what's necessary to seek and save people who have said no to me. And he does this in this just incredible, incredibly powerful story that Luke kind of records with this tax collector called Zacchaeus, um, where he's kind of walking into Jericho and Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus wasn't just like a tax collector. Um, he was like, Ahead Who's of the boss, a bunch of them, yeah, and so he was a scumbag. Mm. Um, and and perhaps people don't know this, but like the way it would work is that um, the Jews were under Roman occupation, so they were occupied by the Romans, and tax collectors didn't collect taxes for the Jews, they collected taxes for the Romans. Um, and so, but they were Jewish people, mm. and so the, the Jews really did not like tax collectors because they felt like it was a betrayal from their own people that their own people were then collecting taxes off them to give to this empire that was occupying them. And so there was already tension there. And then to make matters worse, what tax collectors would do is they would up the tax 
bracket um, and up the tax rate and then they would pocket some themselves. Dogs. dogs. Absolute dogs. But then obviously Zacchaeus oversees a whole bunch of tax collectors. Yeah. So he's ripping off the tax collectors who yeah. are ripping off everyone else. And so then Zacchaeus is the one who really kind of keeps the tax, um, you know, what sets the standard because then everyone else, all the tax collectors underneath him have to figure out, oh, geez, how much do we have to make to keep making the same and give Zacchaeus what he needs? And so he was a very, very rich man from stealing from his own people, effectively. And effectively, the way people viewed it is, this guy is profiteering off the fact we're under Roman occupation and it really didn't sit well in a nationalistic kind of world. And um, so Jesus enters the scene and Jesus kind of says, hey, Zacchaeus, we should go and eat at your house. <laughs> and that just sent the religious leaders into a tailspin because obviously they referred to a notorious sinner. Like mm. you, can't have, you can't spend time with him. You can't do it. And um, Zacchaeus ends up placing his faith in Jesus at that moment. And um, Jesus kind of turns around to these religious leaders and he says, hey, I, I, he, I came to seek and save the lost. Yeah. I came to buck some norms. I came to make some people uncomfortable. And the reason I came to do it is so that I could seek and save people who have said no to me. And Zacchaeus is the most unlikely candidate from the crowd in that situation to be uh, hanging out with Jesus or for Jesus to invite himself over. That's probably a better way to put out it. It was, it was, not, it was not a wise move on yeah. Jesus' part. No. Because remember at that point in time, like the, the, the image of the Messiah was this political figure. Yeah. And so you, if you want to be this political figure, you don't align yourself in any way, shape or form with someone who sympathizes in some way with Rome. Mm. You stay very distinct, stay very separate, um, and you certainly don't eat with them because that was a sign of friendship. Yeah. But I think the cool thing about that story, if I'm correct in the, you know, what the passage says, but after, Zacchaeus is so affected by what Jesus does. He, he understands. He's like, he also is in the position where he's like, no, Jesus should not be coming to me. This, like, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm a sinner. But then Zacchaeus is so moved by Jesus reaching out his hand that he repays all the people he's ripped off times four. Like, it's, it's something yeah. crazy. Yeah, no, 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 you're right. You're and bang on the money. Gives away everything he owns or you're gives bang away... Bang on the money. Most of the wealth. You're bang on the money. Yep. yep. Yep, he repays it all back times four. Which is incredible cool. because, you like, you can't script that. You could not have... You could not have thought that that was going to happen that day if you were watching Jesus and, and you saw, you're just following him. You couldn't have predicted that was going to happen. No, not even slightly, which is, I think, what makes it such a powerful story. Yeah. And so that, I love that verse. It really affected me when I was probably 17, so that the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Mm. I think personally as well, like definitely in the position I am in a ministry role and for you as well, um, for, what people might not realize is that a lot of pastors... Uh, don't or a lot of people that end up in ministry aren't always the best Christians. There's always, you know, there tends to be some sort of period where they wander from the church or wander from faith. That's certainly true in my instance. Uh, and that uh, that passage and realizing that God was actually seeking me was incredibly influential in my life. Um, not the fact that I just was raised a Christian and decided that this is the path I want to do. I feel mm. fully sought after by God um, mm. in the same way that Zacchaeus did. So that, that, that really affected me. It has had a huge impact on me and my ministry and who I am as a person today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about your story, Chris, entirely, but I'm sure there's some aspect of... There's, fi- there's a figuring out where I feel, I feel like you couldn't really be in ministry. You couldn't be really dedicating your life to God if you'd never felt sought after. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's probably a good, a good point. I don't, I don't think I've ever walked away from the church per se. Mm. Um, 
and, and that's that's probably um, by the grace of God that I've never done that. Um, for me, for me personally, I, although I see all the faults and the challenges with the church, I at the same time I, I just see that the church is what Jesus has called as His bride, and it's the way Jesus has chosen to um, to carry out His mission. So I, I've never walked away from it, but definitely for me, yeah, there was a period when I was at uni where I kind of really understood for the first time, damn, that's this is this is how much Jesus gave up, yeah, to know me, yeah. And if that's how much Jesus gave up to know me, then who am I to get hung up about a set of songs? Who am I to get hung up about some of the most inconsequential things that might not allow someone else to meet Jesus? Or who am I to be so self-righteous that in doing that, I actually steer someone away from God as, as opposed to draw them closer? So yeah, no, I, no, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So we've landed on some sort of a... A definition, not set in stone, but the mission of the church is roughly to seek and save the lost. Seek and save the lost, yeah. That's, um, I'm okay with that. If it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll land on that. And so um, we talked a bit about church on the weekend. Yeah. And we, we love talking about church. And you, you yourself have said you might have ruffled a few feathers with a particular statement. People, people might have been ruffled, yeah. Is that that's okay? That you're okay with that? That's fine. Yeah, you're, you're okay. People to, can disagree. That's fine. That's good. I'm gonna reread what you said. Okay. I recorded it, Chris. Okay. <laughs> uh, I just I just like if you could clarify, just sure. unpack a bit where we're yep. coming from. Yep. Cool. So, Chris, you said on Sunday that the best kind of church for you to attend isn't one that caters to you, yep. but instead invites you into the mission of focusing on those who are far from God. This is the mission of Jesus, seeking and saving the lost. Mm-hmm. Now, there's probably a whole lot of tied up in that quote as well of what you said, but I'd, I'd just love to give you the floor to kind of explain what you mean, just to clarify, you know, make sure we're on the same page. Yeah. No, no, no. Thanks for doing that. Uh, look, one of the things that that I never... I don't know if I... I'm trying to think if I've ever had this happen. I don't think I have. Where an unchurched person just out of the blue has sent me a message and been like, "Hey, Chris, you know what would you know what would make me come to church is if you and then they listed it for me, so I knew exactly what would change." I've asked some of my mates who aren't Christians, like, "Hey, what would make you more willing to engage with church?" But I've never, um, I've never had someone drop me a note. Mm. I have a number a number of people drop me notes and say, or even say it to my face, like, "If you don't change the worship style, then we'll leave." If you don't add this program, then we'll leave. If you don't change the length of the service, or if you don't have this, we'll leave. Um, and so <clears throat> the purpose of me making that comment on the weekend was to get people to say, well, hang on a minute. The church the church is not this amorphous kind of random thing that out, exists out there. The church is the people, which means that you and I are the church. And the people who are Jesus followers, we are the church. And as a result, our mission isn't actually catered to our needs. Our mission, Jesus didn't invite us. Jesus didn't say, hey, what I want you to do is I want you to do exactly what you want to do and be as selfish as possible. <laughs> no, Jesus said, what I want you to do is I want you to pick up your cross and follow me. Yeah. <laughs> and so Jesus is saying, hey, I, I want to invite you into what I'm doing. I've got a mission for the world and I want you to play a part in that. But I need you to understand at the outset, it's not your mission, it's my mission. And I think sometimes there um, are a lot of Jesus followers who ask the question, well, what can the church do for me? Or what can I get out of um, the church? We just brush legs. We did. The table. It's okay. It's all good. No, it's all good. Play on. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and just ask that. I'm a little rattled, yeah. actually, by that, by that leg touch. I apologize. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think a lot of people ask that question. Hey, what, what can I get out of it? What can the church do for me? How does it meet my needs? And it's kind of like, well, hang on a minute. Like, church, church wasn't designed to meet your needs. It was designed to seek and save the lost. So if I've been seeked, sought and saved yeah right like if, if the purpose of the church is to seek and save the lost say I was lost and I'm, I've come to church and I've found Jesus yeah is the church now for me yes. like does it stop being for me is no. it, and, and it just starts and it's just for everyone else so what, where's that tension point of like okay when when is the church no longer for me and when is it for the church is, is always for you because I think the incredible thing is the moment that you put your faith in Jesus then you have a God who says I've got an incredible mission for the world and I want you to play a part. You've got an incredible God that when, when Jesus, and this is, I think the thing we miss is that when, when Jesus invites us to follow him, he invites us to participate in the mission. Cause if we're following Jesus and we should be following where Jesus is going, which is on a mission to seek and save the lost. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, are we not like just disconnected from God, but we're now we're actually found and we're saved and we know Jesus personally. And now we're on a mission with Jesus yeah. to save the lost. That sounds like something that sounds like something that's quite happening. Yeah. Like being on a mission, like I've I've never been on a mission and being bored. You know? Yeah. And so I think that if we had that perspective of we're actually joining into something, into a movement, yeah. um, that's a whole lot different to being a part of a church. I just think it's fun because Jesus kind of goes, Hey, I've got an adventure and I want you to come on the adventure with me. And you've got a part to play on this adventure. Yeah. Like I'm not just tapping you on the head and then you kind of go about back about your life. Like I've got something for you. Yeah, yeah. And so I think just to give some, again, some clarity, like we love all the people that are part of our church currently. 100%. Like 100%. We would not be where we are without... 100%. Like if, if, if anyone was taken out, we would be further down the line because hmm. um, we, you know, everyone's contributed to make Beyond Church the place it is. Yes. Uh, how do we do spiritual development? How do we make sure we're still looking after our flock? As some people would say, it's a very church thing to Such say. Such a church thing I'm to say. I'm the shepherd. You're the pastor, the shepherd, and this is your flock. Let's just not use that language. Um, our, our, our people, right? Yeah. And how are those people being cared for and looked after while on mission? Because mission is hard, like being on mission. Well, and I think this is this is what's, um, is, it's just a fascinating thing for me to think about um, and to have conversations with people about because it, it it's a false it's this false dichotomy that it's kind of like well hang on a, min- a minute if you're asking me to serve and you're asking me to be a part of stuff then then when are my needs met and what I would always ask someone to do who feels that way I'd say okay what I would do if I were you is I would go back and I would read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John just read the gospels and and look at when Jesus walked up to these people and said follow me look at what he got them to do and most of the time it wasn't, hey, let's um, sit around and just open our Bibles and let's just, <laughs> did that passage speak to you? What did you get out of it? Like, sure, that was part of it. Yeah. But most of the time Jesus was like, okay, now we're going to this town and now we're going to this town and now we're going to like, I'm going to get you to feed some people over here and now I'm going to get you to like pray for some people over here and I'm going to get you to, like it was very much Jesus's way of doing things. It's like, okay, do something. Like... Yeah. It's a form it's a formation step that isn't head knowledge that you're actually formed and you grow your relationship by doing. And out of your depth as well. Like 
I, I can't think of a time where I haven't been serving and felt fully comfortable or been asked to do something where it was like, oh, that's 100% within my capacity. It's just like, whoa. And I can imagine that those disciples would have just been like, like if, if they if they could have responded with, oh, no, not, I'm not the guy, you know, they would have, like, they well, just didn't, like didn't whole, give them the chance to. It's just that whole thing where, you know, we sing worship songs like, Spirit, leave me, where my trust is without borders. And it's like, oh, hang on a minute, this is uncomfortable, I don't want to do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I saw this great illustration the other week um, where someone was talking about the idea that, um, well, you don't need an anchor unless you're in deep water. Like, if, you, if, you are, if you're a Jesus follower... And you've never needed to put your anchor out. What's the whole purpose of an anchor? The whole purpose of an anchor is that you will move from side to side, but you need to know where you're anchored to. Mm. And this guy's challenge was that um, there's a lot of Christians who don't need an anchor because they're in the kiddie pool. And you don't need an anchor when you're in the kiddie pool. It looks silly to have an anchor in the kiddie pool because it's like, bro, you, <laughs> you? <laughs> yeah, you sit down. Yeah, yeah. Like it's kind of like, and so I think it will make you uncomfortable because that's the whole yeah. point of needing an anchor yeah, is yeah. there's movement, but you know what you're locked and loaded into. You know what the foundation is. So to be a Jesus follower, I'm just trying to think of the word that would least describe a Jesus follower. Would it be passive? I'm sure we could debate and argue for a couple hours here, but would passive be one of the leading words that should not be... I think there's a few words that wouldn't describe Jesus followers. Passive would be one of them. Selfish would be another one. Um, Yeah, looking out for their own interests, that's kind of selfish, yeah. But yeah, Jesus followers shouldn't be passive because we should be following Jesus. Mm. Um, I think we when sometimes when people we have this misconception, we try to fight so hard against this idea of like the the church is not a place you go to. The church is like a people. Yeah. And the reason is because I think for so long people have kind of thought that oh I attend, and when you attend something that's a passive thing. I go and I sit down, but it's it's not. And following Jesus was never designed to be passive. Um, it was always designed to be something you engaged with yeah. along the way. That's cool. Well, to wrap this up, to wrap mm. up our little, it's kind of a mini series of the four mm. series. The question I want to kind of lead our listeners with, or leave them with, so that they're fully, they, so they know what to do. Yeah. They can leave this podcast, watching this on YouTube, they can leave knowing what to do. And the question is really simple. How can I best engage with the local church to continue the message um, sharing the message that we are for our community. Yeah. We are for people who are, uh, who are lost. Yeah, so we've, we put a link. We created a series page like we've been doing the last couple of series this year. Beyondchurch.com.au forward slash F-O-R series, four series. Four series. <clears throat> and at, on that page, you will find four ways to engage. So we've made it really simple. People can disagree, but that's okay. You're... Is the four F-O-R and then four ways to engage, is that just to help us remember? Because that's brilliant. That is something I've never thought of well, until this very moment. Yeah, so I like it. Well done. Um, so yeah, we say, hey, there's four ways that you can engage with church and engage um, here. And we just say it's pretty simple. Invite, connect, serve, give. So invite someone who's engaged says, you know what? I'm, I want to be on mission with Jesus. So I want to invite people who are far from God, to know God. So if you listen to this podcast, when it drops, um, there's a brand new series coming out next week called What's the Difference? As we lead into Easter, we're asking that question, you know, what's the difference? Like, what difference does you, like, why bother? Um, so you can invite, invest and invite someone. And if you're listening to this later, just invest and in, invite them to the next one, the next new series. Yeah. So that's one way we say connect because circles are better than rows. And I think it's in circles that our faith really grows. We, you know, we talk about the five faith catalyst and that a bunch. 
So that's connect. And then serving, that's where, that's where we actually get to use our talents and our gifts that God has given us to play our part in the local church and engage. And then the final thing I'd say is, in, uh, is give. And here at Beyond, um, we're doing a series on it later in the year, but there is this kind of idea, um, this negative perception in the church that oh, the church just wants your money. Mm. And so we always say that give is last um, because I think the last part of a person to convert, if you want to use that language, is their wallet. And I don't mean that in a negative sense. I just mean like it takes us a long time to actually get to this point where we go, hang on a minute. I'm actually not an owner of any of my stuff because I can't take it with me when I die. So if I'm not an owner, what does that make me? Well, it makes me a steward. I'm a manager. I kind of just have to manage my stuff. And when and it takes a long time to get that thinking in our mind. But when we start to recognize that we're just simply managers of our possessions, then we think about our possessions differently. Yeah. And so we always challenge people, hey, if you you give to things that you care about and things that you believe in. So if you, you know, if you believe in being fit, often you'll have a membership at a gym. If you believe that you should have um, in entertainment and chill and relaxing, you'll probably have a subscription to Netflix. Or if you believe that watching sport is fun, you'll have a subscription to Kale. All these things. But we just say, if you believe in the local church, then you should give to the mission of the local church to help lives be changed. That's cool. And if you feel moved, like if when we're talking about passive, you know, being a passive Christian or not fully engaged with the mission, that's what we believe is those four things is, is just putting your money where your mouth is or putting your whole set of behaviors around your life to say, I'm going to engage in the mission. It's, it's simple. The four <clears throat> things, that's, that's all we have to do is to, to really engage in the mission. And I think keeping it at those four is really helpful too because there are all times in our lives where n- none of us are always like nail this. Yeah. So then you kind of go, okay, well, where are the areas? And you know, I, we've all been there where you're like, oh man, like my faith kind of seems to be at a standstill a little bit at the moment. And then you, someone kind of goes, oh, have you, been to, have you been to group for like a month? Oh no, I kind of fell out of the habit. Or you kind of feel like, oh, my faith is just stagnant. Someone goes, were you on a team? And then those four things kind of give you an opportunity to be like, ah, oh, right, maybe that's why, because I've, I haven't engaged my faith this way and God's been inviting me to and God's been asking me to, um, but I've just kind of been pushing it off. So yeah. Too good. So just to recap, mm. invite and invest. Yep. Number invest, two. Invest, invest first, then invite. Invest and, oh, that's good. We can yeah. talk about that another day. We like that. That's good. Connect, yep. jump in a group. Get in a group. Serve, yep. jump on a team. Mm-hmm. Give. Yep. Give is pretty simple. Give is very simple. <laughs> so good. And on the website, you can find ways to do all four of those things. There's already there's ways, there's pre-given they, ways. They can, they can click on it. We're making it easy. It's invite, connect, serve, give. You can click on the one you want to learn more about and it'll be there for you. The last comment I want to give is that I think as a church, we want to make it easy for people to engage in the mission. Yeah, like that's that's what I'm gathering is that 100%. if you said if you were a Coke employee, and the, the CEO said we're going to get a Coke within arm's reach of every single human in the world, mm-hmm. you would know what to do. You'd be able to reverse engineer some steps to be like, okay, well we're going to get that distribution deal with the, yep. the local high school. Yep, because there's a lot of kids in school. Yep, like all you know, all this kind of stuff. We've said we're going to seek and save the lost. Yep, and as a church, we feel called to attach some really actionable steps towards that so that's what we're doing that's what we believe in and we want to invite every single person who's listening to this podcast to, to jump on board and engage in the mission yeah how good is that 100% I'm excited come on well we are for our area 
We are for everyone, and we really hope that we can encourage a whole generation of church people and non-church people to be the same. Yep. That feels like a really nice way to end. Let's just wrap, Let's wrap, wrap, it, wrap it up. I can't wait and for next week. See you next week. Brand new series. Brand new series. What's the difference? Cool. See you then. See ya. Mm-hmm.